Hi, I'm Stephen Crafty. I'm presenting Talking Design in Melbourne at RMIT University, and I'm with someone called Bruce Rowe. He's uh, initially trained as an architect at the University of Western Australia, and then took a turn and is now a leading ceramicist and you've probably either got your ceramic tiles on your wall at home or you're touching one of his light fittings. Welcome to the program. Thanks for having me, Stephen. Bruce, you're very unassuming, which is refreshing in the design industry. Um, tell me, you know, it's you trained at, uh, at uh, Western Australia in Architecture, at the University of Western Australia in Architecture, and why come to Melbourne? Was there not the opportunities in Perth? Uh, look, I think there are great opportunities in Perth, but um, ultimately um, I followed my wife to Melbourne. So um, she was offered a great job here with Arts Victoria. Um, so on the back of that, we moved here in uh, the end of 2005. Um, so I, I came here for love. Oh, okay. Good, good <laughs> enough reason. Um, Bruce, you... Then started to work with Graham Gunn, who's yes. uh, who is actually the son-in-law of Robin Boyd. Yes, and he um, and he married Susie Boyd, and then you started working with Make Architecture for a number of years with Melissa Bright, who's the director, an yeah. award-winning practice. Yeah. Uh, why did what did you get out of that experience, and why change direction to ceramics? I think. Um Mel and, you know, the work that Make are doing as a practice um, really aligns with my own views around um, architecture and architectural space. So I'm really interested in materiality. I'm interested in light. I'm interested in, in the hum ex human experience of those things. So um, the work with Mel was really around those kinds of ideas. They're the, they're, they're the sort of conversations that we'd have in the office. Was it, did it start with, um, with Mel or someone else in the office saying, look, I'm desperate to find a ceramic tile that I'm actually want to use nothing no like that. I mean the nothing ceramic is... the ceramic side of things it was really I've always been really drawn to making and to using my hands um, whether a potter? It's, uh, no never a potter so um, I've painted I've made sculpture um, I've done woodwork I've done metalwork done all sorts of things but I've always been really interested in making things um, and the ceramic thing really just came up totally by chance. I met someone at a dinner party. They said, oh, I'm doing this pottery course. You should give it a go. Um, and at the time I was like, yeah, yeah, sure, whatever. You know, I'll, I'll give it a go. But yeah. of course thinking I never would. Um, and funnily enough, I did give it a go and um, loved I it. loved it. I loved it. What yeah. was the first thing you made that you thought, oh, uh, this is something. A really ugly, um, wonky, heavy, uh, overly decorated vessel. So we won't see that in the Anchor Ceramics line of production uh, now. No, produce. it's not going to be a... Pro uh, we're not going to put that one into production. So some people, um, Bruce, would have given up at that point and said, look, it's fun, I kind of like using my hands, but I'm obviously not a ceramicist. So there yeah. must have been something else that you came across that you thought, look, I think this has actually got wings. Yeah, it really it really just clicked. So sitting on the wheel for the first time, I f it was quite unfamiliar, but... Um, it really felt like remembering a skill rather than learning a new one. You know, it was like an old memory. Um, and it just, yeah, I, I just really fell in love with it. Um, and I think in the back of my mind, I'd always been quite interested in making, you know, in making 
tiles and objects and yeah. you know I was really interested in surface and the way light hits surface and those kinds of things that are I suppose more architectural concerns so I think that stuff was in the background um, but uh, and working on houses with Mel all the time yeah and the, her team yeah you obviously would have seen ideas where they weren't fulfilled in the marketplace yeah well the first light fitting came um, we had a bowl sitting on the upside you know it had I'd eating my lunch out of it that day and it just was sitting, it, bowl. uh no just it was a ceramic bowl uh it was charcoal on the outside white on the inside and i'd eaten my lunch out of it washed it turned it upside down and we were talking about needing a pendant um for a project and one of us said oh you know it really just wants to be that that kind of shape and pointed to the bowl and we sort of looked at each other and went well oh, well i guess i could put a hole in it and you know we could yeah. string it onto some electrics and so that was the first pot of light really but that's kind of a long way from having quite a successful business producing ceramics you know i mean you know you could have just done a series of those bowls yes. as light fittings and patted yourself on the back and then just gone back to what you're doing yeah i think it just it evolved over time so um i was working i was you know going and doing night classes and i sort of pestered them a little bit to let me you know come in on the weekend and use the studio uh, but eventually that wasn't quite enough so I bought a wheel and then that sat in the living room for six months until I rented a studio to have it have somewhere to put it um, and then I'd sort of go in on the weekends and I'd make you know make bowls and plates and things you know the normal stuff that I think potters Bru start Bruce, with. Bruce when do you when I mean Anchor Ceramics was started in 2012 yeah. is it kind of was it a conscious decision now it's a business like you had a series of things that kind of made a collection or you no, just no no really i rented this i it i rented the studio initially just to have a place to go on the weekend uh and make things and the intention with it at the outset was to make um was to get rid of all of my kind of crappy you know crockery chuck that all out and just make nice things to to eat from and drink from and then um so you started with um, plates? Yeah, plates. I mean, it's sort of what everybody, you know, when you're learning, I think you start making vessels, you know, that's, you make cups and bowls and plates. Are you still and doing that today? No, no. So we stopped doing that in probably mid-2013, you know, early 2014, we stopped doing any tableware. Um, and why was that? I just really wanted to focus the studio on, you know, I guess more architectural. So lighting, lighting, door handles. Yeah, tiles. Um, lighting you know the outdoor planters that we're doing um there's some tiled tables that we're working on so there's lots of things that are i guess more spatial in their quality well i'd have to say i i i'm i feel quite guilty interviewing you because i actually should have discovered you <laughs> already years ago when you were studying but um you're a uh you didn't come forward then i didn't discover you but i was sitting at the george uh the george which is a new mm. restaurant mm. designed by hecker guthrie and I saw um, a number of your products, which, you know, the um, ceramic structures, which were really almost, they reminded me on the wall. I said to Paul Heck, I said, oh, my God, what a, <laughs> who did that? And he just said, oh, it's Bruce Rowe. Don't you know Bruce Rowe? And I said, no. Um, they were kind of interesting. They, they remind me of almost uh, um, the artist uh, Chiscurio. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. De Chirico. De, de, de Chirico. Sorry, yes, yeah, de Chirico. Yeah. With that shading, and yeah. and it's hard to describe. They're kind of like almost marquettes of architectural marquettes of buildings with staircases that don't go anywhere, arches that kind of lead don't don't lead anywhere. Mm. But they're 
they're quite amazing. Mm, How did that you. start? Uh, I think, like like anything, there's you know, for for me, there's often been this sort of undercurrent, I suppose, of creative work that's existed alongside any design-based work that I've been doing. So whether, you know, for many years I made um, paintings that were watercolours, quite structured, grid-based. Um, you know, I've always had this sort of, I suppose, this undercurrent of creative activity that's not necessarily art, but not necessarily design. And it really sits as a, I suppose, like a creative engine room, if you like, mm-hmm. um, that, that tickles along at a different rate to what's going on, you know, more commercially or in a more design-based sense. So how did those So these pieces, um, I had some leftover clay for making some tiles and one evening I was sort of avoiding um, more production-based <laughs> tasks and just I just started cutting up some clay um, and they were quite, the initial pieces were quite small, you know, sort of... Almost I, miniature. I know, yeah, like, um, you know, sort of 100 mil, 100 by 150 mil sort of thing. Um, and they just sat in the studio for a while and eventually they went into a box and a few months later I pulled a few out and glazed them. Um, and they they were really, you know, the intention was not for them to be an exhibited object. Um, and it was really working with um, with Jackie at, at Hub Furniture. Um, she really, we had great conversations around. She's in on, Exhibition Street and also in Sydney. Ex- yeah, that's uh, right. Hub Furniture and yeah. Lighting. So we had great, great conversations around um, thinking of those objects, you know, structures is what I've been calling them, um, as to consider them more as an art object and less as a, I suppose, an accessory or an interiors accessory. And so we've started with with Hub. You know, we've had a couple of shows. I had two exhibitions with them last year. Um, that were, you know, really well received by, you know, the sort of, I mean, it's such an amazing yeah. community here in Melbourne, um, you know, so supportive of of design and, and, them and design endeavour. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, you know, they, they, I mean, I really, I feel really passionate about making them. And, and they're all different. They're all different, so they're all one-off things. Um, and I, I think the reason that they resonate is that um, they're not necessarily anything, but they could be, everything you know so some people say to me oh, i really love those you know roman inspired sculptures that you do or somebody else will say oh it reminds me of when i was on a holiday in the greek islands or so i think everybody's sort of bringing their own yeah. sort of story to them and yeah. sort of overlaying that uh, and i think that's that's possibly one of the reasons why why they've resonated so yeah, so strongly with people yeah. well if you know to see them you should go and visit the george and and enjoy the meal as much as the sculptures but they they are quite yeah. interesting they're very interesting and if you can get one of the booths we've done the, the and tile that's tables right. you've well, done all the so. tile tables so then you started doing tiles for walls and i notice also in hub um, furniture they've also got those tiles uh, that they kind of remind me and I hope you don't mind but they're kind of all early 20th century almost um, Hoffman period mm-hmm. I'd say they kind of yeah. remind me of that very arts and crafts period at the turn of the century yeah. turn of the 20th century in Vienna yeah yeah I mean is that a fair call uh it's not a direct reference for yeah. me, but uh, again, perhaps it's you know a bit like the structures pieces that y- yeah. you know you can see all sorts of different things in there. I mean, I'm really drawn to the, I suppose, the materiality of clay. You know, mm-hmm. so it's there's a there's a real sort of authenticity in the material, and you know the slightest little variation in 
you know, with the tiles, for instance, the slightest little variation in format or shape. Is celebrated. And, you, you know, you get this completely different. Because that was interesting about the tiles I saw at Hub. Mm. They were actually, the way they're arranged, they're not perfect. No, no, they're not. And they're, that's quite a different aesthetic to, yeah. you know, if you get tiles laid, the brief is usually, I want everything to the millimetre. I don't want any yeah. imperfections. I want everything yeah. aligned. Yeah. Yours aren't like that. No, well, it's, I mean, I think, you know, one of the very first projects I worked on um, on site as an architect and I was complaining to the bricklayer about one of the bricks being, you know, not right. And he said to me, look, Bruce, you know, you've really got to step back and you've got to see the wall, not the brick. Um, and so, you know, I guess the tiles are, are similar. You know, you look at them as a surface rather than looking at, you know, an individual one that might be a little bit wonky or not quite, yeah. not quite there. And I think probably your timing is spot on because people are starting to look for that perfect imperfection yeah yeah the things have a voice they're not all cookie made they actually are all individual so whether you buy a light fitting or um you know an object for the table or a planter there's that sense of hand yeah yeah absolutely i mean the evidence of, of the hand is 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 so strong in all of the pieces i mean all of the round anything that's round is thrown on a wheel uh, so nothing's moulded or cast or, you know, easily yeah. reproducible in that way. Um, so, it, you know, there, there is a very obvious um, sort of evidence, I suppose, of the, of the, of the maker's hands. How, how do you know when you've got a product, Bruce? Like, how do you know when you've kind of something... Oh, that's a good question. Um, just an idea that's kind of, you know, like milling around, and then you go, ah, a bit like the bowl on the table at Melissa yeah. Wright's office years yeah. ago. Yeah. How do you know when this when it has legs i think uh, i mean it's probably training um you know i mean i've been working in art and design related fields for 25 ish years Mm. um so i think all of that training is brought to bear on the making of something but i've i've to be honest i've really just looked for things that i could never find when i was working as an architect, you know, the wall lights that we're making, I could never find a nice wall light. Yeah. I mean, I'm, there are some nice ones, yeah. but, um, so I've, you, I've just really looked, I've just looked to make those things that I, that I could never quite access. You've got these beautiful door handles, I just noticed, yeah, that yeah, kind of yeah. look quite old and distressed, um, ceramic, but they really look like they've been a wonderful patina. Yeah, I mean, we're really excited about those. Um, we've bought some new equipment that allows us to extrude clay through uh, different series of dies so whatever the shape of the die is will yeah. extrude out that shape so um, yeah we're pretty excited about about those and it's really I think that sort of um, distressed look that you're talking about relates probably more to the to that particular glaze finish um, and the intensity of the the firing process. Bruce you you've now got a number of staff to feed so you uh, yep. <laughs> you're obviously that's on your mind um so things have to be commercial as well um you s- uh, supply to uh, cafe culture for your lighting and um but in terms of uh overseas wh- where are you thinking of going there is it is there a market for it overseas there, there is there's a big market i think um it's it's we're probably more aligned with a European market than a US market. And why is that? Um, um, the voltage is a big one, um, so different different voltages. different voltages. So it means that um, if we were making products for a US market, they'd have to be wired differently. Yeah. Um, the dimensions are 
you know. A is it also the aesthetic as well? Uh, no, I think yeah. we've sold we mean, we've sold quite a bit to the US, but I just think we're you know practically I think we're more aligned with a European market and probably a European sensibility I think as well. Um, it's more understated rather yeah. than in your face. Yeah. Yeah, and that's, you know, a kind of gross generalisation, of course. But, um, you know, I, I think, um, you know, even just a lot of the a lot of the um, components and things that we're using for the light fittings are already meet a European standard, so we don't have to go through extra layers of testing and, and that kind of thing in order to, to sell them. Getting back to my last question, because I don't think we got there, when do you know you've got that great idea? When you really think it's... Wow, I, I, I know it's going to work. I yeah, I mean, I've, I have felt that with the door handles and the wall hooks. Um, that I mean, they're very new and, you know, we haven't actually sold any yet. Mm. Um, but, but, you know, the first few are only just coming through their, their sort of production run. But I, I guess I have a gut feeling that they're going to be, um, that, they are, that they are going to go well. Um, the light fittings, they've, they've been, a, they've been a, a sort of a slow, you know, we didn't make one and then suddenly we're selling thousands, thousands. Um, and we don't sell thousands, yeah. um, you know, because they are, you know, so hand wrought that um, it's it's not really that practical to sell, you know, tens of thousands of something. Yeah. Um, but I think it really comes, you know, to try and answer your question, I think it really comes down to a gut response, you, you know, like if, if, I, if I feel like I would want to use it um, and if you know we've got a great team at anchor as well and they're all they all contribute their two cents worth so if they all if it all resonates within our own studio then often we might show it to a few others and see what they think but you know typically we if if it sits well in the gut for me then it's i know that it's going to work and bruce because you um everything's done by hand virtually it is done by hand mm. it's a, it reminds me of um, a little bit like dinosaur designs Oh, yeah, that's yeah. still quite a hands-on... Um, I believe so, yeah. It is. It's very yeah. hands-on. You know, there's, you know, if you looked at the studio, it's mm. very much everything's made locally. Mm. You, if you do something that doesn't quite work, you're not kind of investing in thousands of units and you go, oh, God. No. I've really made an error. No. I mean, that's true. I mean, there's no really... I mean, you're working with the dirt effectively, which is... Which is the cheap bit in yeah. the process you know the hands are the expensive bit but the actual material is is relatively cheap and the other thing i was going to ask you bruce do you get commissioned to do architecture now as well no, no. do you are you missing it i i'm really passionate about architecture but ceramics without a doubt is a calling you know it's what i'm it's what i'm here to do you know i'm i'm happiest when i've got, got my hands in the clay in the dirt you know that's when i'm happiest so uh, it's it's I, I think one of the things that I've tried to do with anchor which I haven't done throughout the course of my life is if the doors open and I go through it and if it's shut I don't bash my head on it like I have done in the past you know I just keep moving so it's the open door policy um, and maybe that's sort yeah. of part of what answers the the question yeah. about the product as well as if it works we'll keep going with it and if it doesn't and and Bruce, do you put out collections every season, or is it evolution rather than and new things are added? It's it's. Um, I think I'm the I'm the sort of the roadblock, if you like. There's you know twenty years of sketchbooks filled with things to do. Um, there's absolutely no shortage of ideas, and uh, you know as you would know, the work, just the the act of making, will generate a million other ideas. 
Um, so there's this sort of ocean of ideas, but you know, there's a total bottleneck when it gets to me and actually allowing them to, 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 to sort of come forward. into the world. Um, because everything takes so long. I mean, some of those light fittings, um, the extruded one that I showed you a few pictures of, the Potter DS, um, you know, that's taken nearly two years to get into production just from the initial prototype through to actually having a commercially ready um, uh, product that can go out into the market and that we feel happy with and confident with. And even after that, there's probably a you know a six nine month lag before it starts getting taken up. Um, Bruce, you you did the tabletops at the George, yes, which were beautiful. Where do you see ceramics? You know, if you're thinking about all the possibilities of uh, where ceramics can go, you've covered walls, you've covered tables, you've got light fittings, you've got door handles, you've got hooks. Where else? Uh, I think you know the potential of the material is vast. It, it there's literally nothing that can't be made tables furniture yeah, yeah yeah i mean always i think it'll stay in that for us it'll stay in that architectural space and still maintain those kind of spatial qualities um but i it it has so much capacity as a as a material and i think that's that's for me where the excitement and the passion comes from because you know i've gone from making plates and bowls which you know is satisfying and a good way of learning a craft mm. but I think I've had my eyes opened to the potentiality of the material um, and there it is just such a, a vast sort of ocean of possibility you know there's there's you know, and, and and Bruce do you still make all the prototypes uh, all the prototypes prototypes some of the production pieces you know I'm still pretty involved in um, we work on a now on a, a sort of what we call a dispersed production model so we've got a couple of other studios that help with the production um, so our I mean our footprint is relatively small and that allows us to kind of flex and move as we need to but I suppose we're you know we're surrounded by a you know fantastic team of people that you know whether it's production assembly um, you know packaging or the electrical side of things you know there's a really you know wonderful group of people um, around anchor that make it possible so you know our little footprint of six people um is is one part but you know if you sort of looked at the complete footprint it's probably 30 or 40 people yeah. that are involved in the whole process in the day-to-day -day of the yeah. process well look it's um bruce it's been an absolute pleasure having you on my program oh thanks Stephen. been great to um, I, and i am apologies again that i didn't know <laughs> bruce rowe none needed <laughs> but what's so lovely when i do mention your name to people they go oh bruce rowe bruce rowe and i yeah. think yeah how come i don't know bruce i've rowe, been but... so lucky to be supported by um the design community in melbourne you know such well, they a, speak such a very friend. highly of you and your work speaks for itself yeah. so not possible anywhere else i don't think in the country anchor ceramics yeah, maybe not. I yeah. think we are very fortunate in Melbourne yeah. to have a great design community. Yeah, and I absolutely. think um, people like Hub Furniture, yeah. uh, Jackie Fotty Lowe, when they do get hold of someone like mm. you, mm. they do actually get behind it mm. and really push yeah, and really absolutely. want to do something. And, and I think it makes a difference because if you go to some designer showrooms, there's very little, little representation of mm. Australian design. Mm. Mm anywhere yeah you know it's all very important yeah and so it's, uh, it's so important that australian design is not just designed here but designed and manufactured here if yeah. it can be yeah. um, you know it makes a massive difference well look well done and uh you've been listening to bruce rowe 
I can still call you an architect because you are. You can. And and also a wonderful ceramicist from Anchor, director of Anchor Ceramics. And you've been listening to Stephen Crafty talking design at RMIT. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks, Stephen.